Big Ten Backers Podcast. This is your podcast for Big Ten football or anything college football related. From Jim Harbaugh's shirtless escapades to Brett Billima's hog-sized waistline with Ryan Day's beard dye and anything else in between. Big Ten Backers has the headlines from around the college football landscape. Oh, hey there, Big Ten Backers. This is your host, AJ, with Buckeye Steve. We just call him Top Beef. Grab a beer. We'll put college football in your ear. Let's rock and roll. I got mine. Welcome back, Big Ten Backers. How we doing on this fine Friday morning? We got Beave in the house. What's going on with you, Beave? How you been? How was your day? Oh, it was good, man. I always have off on Friday, so it's always good on a Thursday night, man. Feel you on that, man. I got to do PT. All these young guys and gals coming into the Air Force, always look forward to getting out there on the grass, and sometimes we get to throw the pigskin around. But let's get into these games. We're going to bring out these big-ass dump trucks, Week 10 edition. We got the backers big one for you. Number 14, LSU. At number 8, Alabama. 7.45 p.m. game. On CBS, go Tigers and roll tide. This is college football. This game has been a staple of college football for many years, Beave. They have put on some epic shows, including an all-SEC national title game. That LSU offense versus that Bama defense, this is going to be an epic battle. Strength on strength. Number one scoring LSU offense versus that number 16 Bama scoring defense. LSU's offense averages 47.4 per game, and the Bama defense is only giving up 16.5. Let's see who gives in in this one. Brian Kelly, Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors versus Nick Saban, Kool-Aid, and Dallas Turner. Epic matchups and an epic game. Give it to me now, Beef. I want this one. We ain't seen something this stacked since Kim Kardashian. You ain't got to ask twice, man. I'm giving it to you. (laughs) I'm glad you are. I'm I'm Big Spoon. (laughs) I'll be Little Spoon just so I can get this game. Both teams have a lot on the line. Playoff hopes, SEC title hopes, and the continuation of dominance these two coaches have or want for their respective programs. B, what matchup are you looking forward to the most? First of all, SEC country has been waiting on this. The nation has been waiting. I'm particularly interested in Jaden Daniels to neighbors. That connection, man, what it's going to be like, how the Kool-Aid man will adjust to it. Neighbors, he has a 981 yards for first in the nation in total yards receiving. Nine touchdowns, which is not even leading the nation in touchdowns. Not the most TDs. Guess who has it? His teammate, Brian Thomas Jr. He's got the most in the nation at 11 touchdowns. He's also 16th in receiving yards, 732. That's a lot of damn yards on one team, man. That's one hell of a wide receiver crew. Conversely, LSU gives up 26.5 points per game, 74th in the nation. Man, you know when you walk into that Chuck E. Cheese and there's one of those ski ball things just keep spitting out those tickets? You keep collecting them, keep collecting. That's kind of like LSU's defense. They just keep letting everyone score. 74th in the fucking nation. Bama is scoring 30.4 points per game. And they'll get more than that on this D. That's for damn sure. As far as my prediction goes, man, this is just the type of game that LSU can win. And two losses in Tuscaloosa is almost a sin down in Bama country. I got LSU 41-38. LSU finds a way to win in dramatic fashion, 36-34, just like last year. I'm kidding. Roll Tide celebrates in T-Town, getting it done, 34-31. We have another, could have been titled the backers' big one. CBS has got these games stacked. We almost put this game up to the top. Hey, man, let's just give them a DP, man. Two big ones. Oh, we'll give them two big ones then. All right, this is also... The other, Packers, big one. We packing the heat and packing the meat, baby. We got number 12, Missouri, at number two, Georgia, 3.30 p.m. on CBS. There might not be a reason to change your station Saturday. You don't dare leave CBS. CBS ain't playing any games. Or I should say, they're playing all the games. 
this unpredicted SEC East battle comes on right before that LSU game and Bama game and could actually be more entertaining and have a bigger impact on 2023 than the previously mentioned. Missouri gave the dogs almost all they could handle last year. Drinkowitz is building himself a team and a reputation in Missouri. A win here and watch out for that Missouri program. Dogs are different this year. They're not the team of the last two years. Their defense is still solid, but not as dominant as they once was. The difference, though, comes via offense. The D may have slipped, but they still can give an O as an offense. That's ranked number four in scoring. Beef, the dogs still got a big D, and they got some game that scores often. How do you see them rising up these Tigers of Mizzou? Man, first of all, Drinkowitz has been spouting off at the mouth like in the preseason, during the games. I'm like, who the fuck is this dude to be talking? He doesn't, like, no one respects him yet. And now he's earned some respect. I mean, he was talking in the preseason about all of the expansion talk and how it wasn't doing what is right for the student athletes. Now he's talking about the cheating scandal at Michigan. Like, you're just the Missouri coach. But man, he's earned the right to talk a little bit, man. Seven and one, I did not see them there. I'll be honest with you. When we started the season, I did not see Missouri 7-1. and one. Not at this point in the season, right? I agree with you. That's why I call it a surprise but, battle of the SEC East. It's crazy. But what would happen if Missouri won? Where would they be ranked? Would they jump an undefeated team? I don't think so. They might be rated the number one one-loss team, though. Putting them in about five or six slot somewhere in there. Six or seven. That'd be crazy. He's got them there. They're still in the conversation. Seven and one, twelfth in the nation, a win against Kentucky and a win against number twenty-three, Kansas State. That loss to LSU still looms large. But hey, two quality wins, twenty-seventh and scoring in the nation, getting about thirty-three points per game. But Georgia is seventh in the nation, getting forty point five. The Missouri Tigers give up twenty-three point two five. That's fifty-second in the nation. And Georgia, again, seventh in the nation, giving up. 14.75 points per game. I mean, that tells you all you need to know about Georgia right now. They haven't played a lot of good teams, but they're stacked, man. This Georgia team is coming on strong, and Carson Beck is doing all the coming. Like I said before, he's third in the nation with 343 passing yards per game. Damn, man. The SEC has got some games this week. I'm excited. I got the dog, and they are going to win in a close one, 31-24. I'm taking the dogs too. They're going to get a scare, but they'll end up rolling Missouri 38 to 31. Let's move on out to Big 12 country. Let's talk about a future SEC team. We got number nine, Oklahoma at number 22, Oklahoma State. 3.30 p.m. game on ABC. This should be a fun way to say goodbye and bedlam. Who knows what happens to this matchup moving forward thanks to conference expansion. Oklahoma found a better date to the prom and broke it off with the Cowboys and the Big 12 moving on with the SEC. Oklahoma State started off the season like a baby giraffe, took some hits, and found itself on shaky legs, but the Cowboys have found their footing now. Oklahoma stumbled last week at the hands of Kansas, taking a shocking loss. They looked a rebound versus their in-state rival. Beef, who you going with? Oklahoma and that seventh-ranked offense? Or those bounced back cowboys. Man, those Sooners, they got their backs against the wall for a conference title. They will show up. They will be ready to go. And nobody puts baby in the corner. They're 23rd in scoring defense, giving up only 18.88 points per game. Well, the other OSU is 56th, giving up 24.38 points per game. Brent Venables leaving Clemson to go to Oklahoma. Crush that team, man. What do you got for the score? Tell me your prediction. Oklahoma gets removed from playoff contention, losing to the Cowboys 41 to 35. Nope, nope, nope. Nope, nope, nope. Coach Venables and the quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, they bounce back. Turnovers were the great equalizer last week. And I got the Sooners to take this series to 92 and 19 with seven ties all time. And end that rivalry, 35-13. to 13. Speaking about bouncing, let's bounce on out to L.A. Before we come back to the Big 12, we got number five, Washington. At number 20, USC, 
7.30 p.m. game on ABC. Man, there is so many good games on this weekend. Washington has played rough, running like an old Ford. Boy, it don't sound good, but she's dependable. USC has done the same, but not pulling out the win like the Huskies. Losing two of its last three and flirting or hitting disaster in its last four. Can Caleb Williams do enough or without Grinchy D haunt the Trojans again? They have a task on hand with the Penix and the Huskies coming to town. Huskies bring in the fifth ranked total yards offense and the number one passing offense against one of the worst secondaries in college football. Beef, this is an offensive bombs over LA showdown. Break down these QBs for me. Yeah, AJ, there's going to be more bombs in LA than there are in the Gaza Strip this weekend. And the Trojans, they're going to wish they had those underground tunnels to tuck into. I have a vote of no confidence in the Grinch who stole the defense. 109th in the nation, giving up 32.56 points per game. Fuck that, man. That's LA. That's USC. That's a blue blood. You can do better than that. You can do better than that, Riley. Make the chains, buddy. The Phoenix, you're going to whip it out and show that Heisman sauce all over that defense. I got Washington, 48-42. I think your score is a little low, Beef. If someone doesn't score over 50 in this game, I'd be shocked. Washington scores in the final seconds, winning 54-48. to We talked about Oklahoma. And if you're going to talk about Oklahoma, you got to talk about Texas, even though it's never okay in Texas. We got number 23, Kansas State, at number 7, Texas. Big noon kickoff on Fox. Kansas State, the surging Wildcats, take their talents to Austin to take on Texas and their Longhorns. Both teams control their destiny to represent in the Big 12 Conference game. Texas will again be without their main signal caller, Quinn Ewers, but Malik Murphy played decent in his absence last week. The Texas running game has came on strong, averaging 4.7 per pop on the ground. They are also averaging a decent 8.8 through the air. Kansas State is hot, winning their last two games with a combined points of 82-3. to Kansas State looks to its defense ranked third in the Big 12 to help pull the upset on the road, but will face the number two ranked defense in the Big 12 of Texas at home, Beef. Yo, dude, I've been hearing... That the little Manning dude has been playing pretty good at practice. He might get some time in this game. We'll see about that. Looking at it, I got to go with that 14th in the nation's scoring defense. Giving up only 15.88 points per game. Kansas State Wildcats defense. Oh, wait. Texas is only one spot lower. Giving up 16 points per game. 15th in the nation. Maybe I'll go with Texas. Here's another reason to go with Texas. Will Howard. The Kansas State quarterback, he had seven interceptions in the first five games of the season, but he's on a streak now. In the last three games, zero interceptions. Texas breaks this streak and gets a couple turnovers, winning 24-17. I'm going to take Texas. They get it done in Austin, and they win it 31-21. But Beef, what's our name? Who are we? Big Ten backers, baby. We are the Big Ten backers, baby. It's time to break out those Big Ten games, and break them on down for you. Let's get that Big Ten slate on. Yes, sir. Big Ten Roundup Week 10. We got our Midwest Corn Fest Game of the Week. Number 11, Penn State at Maryland. 3.30 p.m. game on Fox. Penn State struggled with Indiana last week, but they were suffering from a hangover after losing in Columbus. Terps also struggled last week and got dumped on by the Wildcats. Both these teams will look to rebound. Penn State brings in their third-ranked scoring defense against a solid Terp offense team ranked third in the big, but they can be turnover-prone at times. Maryland averages 418 a game in total yards, and Penn State's only giving up 234 per game on defense. This should be an epic battle. Okay, maybe not epic. I lied. It's just going to be a regular Big Ten battle. Drew Aller needs to get better at those deep shots. And Talua needs to protect the ball. In my opinion, this will be the determining factor in the game, how these two quarterbacks play. Beave, you said Maryland will take down one of the big three this year. They got one at home here against Penn State. What you got for me, Beave? Honestly, I hate to say this. 
because I desperately want a good Penn State team in a rowdy, happy valley. That game, week from tomorrow, when Michigan comes rolling into town. I really think this cheating scandal, though, is messing with Coach Franklin and his staff. They're not going to know what to do. They're going to start mixing up signs a little bit. And it really takes a full offseason to get your signs together. So if they change too much, they do too much, the team's going to fuck up. They look ahead, and if they play like they did against Indiana, Indiana passed for 269 yards in PSU's house when they even average about 207 yards per game. What will Maryland do? They average 280, or they can get 400 at their house. I know the transitive property doesn't always work, but I forecasted Maryland to be one of the big three in the Big Ten, and unless Michigan has to forfeit, I don't see them losing to them. I'm predicting Maryland 34-31, but for all things rational, please, Lord, don't let Penn State lose this game. Now that you said that, it's going to happen. I'm taking Penn State winning 31-17. to They get it done on the road. Let's get to some of that other big on big action. We got number one Ohio State at Rutgers. 12 p.m. game on CBS. Ohio State is on the road in the Big Ten in consecutive weeks, and this time against another two-loss team in Rutgers. Five and fucking two Rutgers. Greg Schiano and Ryan Day had some words last year over a perceived late hit. You got to give it to Shiano, who has Rutgers winning again. Chop that fucking wood. Chop, chop. Man, I'm proud of Rutgers. Ohio State brings in the second-ranked scoring defense in college football and the top-ranked Big Ten offense. That is kind of a surprise to me. Sure hasn't seemed like it when you watch Ohio State play, but again, half these offenses do come from the Big Ten West. So maybe that's why. Beef, what chance do you give Shiano's Ruckers to upset Ryan Day's Buckeyes? Slim. Needle dick! Needle dick! Needle dick! Marv takes over this game yet again with 100 yards receiving, ties those records with five straight 100-yard games. McCord plays clean, no interceptions. As his normal 285 yards and two touchdowns, this Rutgers team is 67th in scoring, 28.2 points per game. This Ohio State defense is going to show why they're ranked number one in the nation now. Because of this, they're going to lead them. It is a fascinating story. Shiano's got them back. Rutgers was a laughingstock of the Big Ten East. Now they're 5-2. and two. About to be five and three. It's still a pretty damn good year, man. You're right. Keep chopping that wood. They're going to keep getting better. They're going to take Maryland's place as a fourth place team in the Big Ten East. Maserati Marv getting it done. He's going to keep climbing that ladder to the top receiver in the nation. I got 33 to 10 Buckeyes. I'm going to go Maserati Marv goes for three tutties and Ohio State wins big 38 to 10. We got Purdue at number three, Michigan, 7.30 p.m. game on NBC. Purdue don't have a fucking chance against these rocky, off-the-field stallions of Michigan. Hardball could give Ryan Walters all his plays and intimate details, and he wouldn't know what to do with his balls anyway. Michigan, once again, will have no battle on the field, and the biggest battle will be public opinion and the pending punishment from the Big Ten if they do it. Michigan and that number one ranked defense has been the most dominant team in the big in college football at this point. Beave, you better believe if they weren't already the Wolverines, they're going to be playing with some serious attitude mixed in with those Wolverines. They are dunking on everyone in their path and Purdue will be their next victim. Yeah, I think they're still in that we're going to back up the team mode and, you know, try to galvanize around each other. Everyone's out for Michigan. All the coaches are calling in the Big Ten office trying to get things started. You know, they're just jealous of that good team in Michigan. They're winning too much. You know, I don't know. What do you think the announcers are going to do? Are they going to talk about this controversy at all? These NBC guys? I don't think they'll touch it much. They'll be like alleged scandal and then dance around it. That's just my opinion. 
But man, Purdue is not going to win this game unless Michigan's forced to forfeit. Unless Michigan's forced to forfeit. Do they cover the spread though? Who's making money on this staff? You know, all the times that they've beat the spread, they're cheating Vegas, not just other teams, man. Vegas is going to have their revenge, but not today. Maybe not even this year, not till after the season starts. Michigan's winning big, 41 to 3. I got Michigan, the Italian Stallions, winning at 41 to 6. We got Wisconsin at Indiana, 12 p.m. game on Big Ten Network. Wisconsin has been resilient despite losing two of the last three and losing both their starting quarterback and a star running back. Indiana is a cesspool. Only Tom Allen could put together. Boy, they have fallen since the COVID seasons. Can they get a win on the board in the Big Ten against a banged up whiskey? Tom Allen and his goonies are at least at home and at times can play some solid defense. Wisconsin is the top-ranked offense in the Big Ten West. Nothing to brag about there, though. Averaging 380 per game. What's your keys to the game? I think it's really how Braden Locke plays, man. I think the Badgers have themselves a quarterback a backup quarterback at that. And then hopefully Braylon Allen is back playing. Let him do what he does best. He's a great running back and they're going to have to pass more against this Indiana defense. But man, that 78th placed offense in the country, the best in the big 10 West. They're going to have to go through there. Telling you, man, this defensive line, this front seven, for Indiana is actually pretty solid, man. So let's see what Braden Locke can do. I have faith in him. I think Wisconsin's going to win. I got him 35-21. Whiskey wins and gets Whiskey Benton bowl bound, winning 28-17. We got Nebraska at Michigan State, 12 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Nebraska has come a long way since their season opener against Minnesota. They are now one of the hottest teams in the Big Ten West. Whatever was left from Michigan State got shot into a tissue and tossed into a McDonald's wastebasket during an interesting quote-unquote business call. Nebraska has the fifth-ranked Big Ten defense and the Big Ten best running attack. There is no stat to capture the thing Michigan State has done only HR meetings. They can't capture any stats, man. All they are is a PR nightmare. Beef, I got nothing nice to say about little brother. What you got? Well, sex scandals in the state of Michigan have been bad this year. But like you said, Nebraska's hot. The most wins in a row they've had since 2016. Nebraska goes bowling. Nebraska goes bowling. Let me say that one more time. Nebraska goes bowling, man. It's been a while. They're going to fill whatever stadium that is, whether it's Ford Field in Detroit or that pinstripe bowl in New York City. I'm happy for them. Those fans are awesome. They support their team no matter what. They fill stadiums when they're losing. They're grateful for other fan bases to be in town, man. Good for Matt Rule. It's a new rule in Lincoln, Nebraska, and Matt's got them humming, baby. This gets them over the edge. Gets them to that bowl game that they needed. I got Nebraska winning this game 20-17. to 17. Nebraska runs through the state of Michigan like an off-field rumor and wins it 26-17. But B, before we get on to the next game, you've got to listen to this pregame speech by Matt Rule, man. Now, as we walk out this tunnel, man, Let's walk in the tunnel for the first time. The University of Nebraska is going to be with a pink ribbon on the back of our helmets. And obviously, that's that's for all the the wives, the moms, the sisters that are affected by breast cancer, man. But it's it's even greater than that. It's a way for us to honor those in our lives: our mom, our grandma, our our girlfriend's mom, our aunt, the people in our lives who have fought for us. Because ain't none of us here of our own accord, picking you up, taking you to school, fighting for you, taking a second job, battling. Maybe keeping you away from the hard things in your life. She took it on so that you could just be a kid. Who is that for you? Who is that for you? But man, 
They fought for you. They were warriors for you. These women that fight this, this, this battle, they're warriors. I saw it with my mom. I saw, I, I watched my mom battle breast cancer. I saw my mom fight. I watched my wife's mom fight. Knowing she probably was never even going to win the fight. Knowing that eventually she'd be up in heaven. Man, she, she was just fighting for 10 more minutes with her grandkid. 10 more minutes. She taught me how to fight. Who taught you how to fight? Who taught you how to be a warrior? A warrior doesn't need a weapon. A warrior is the weapon. You guys are warriors. You've been taught to fight. So as you take that field, fight for yourself. Fight for what you want. Fight for each other. But just remember who went to war for you in your life. Remember the woman that went to freaking war for you in your life. Who sacrificed for you in your life. And whatever your job is today. Standing there and cheering or catching a touchdown, man. Do it without fear. Because every single day that my mom woke up fighting that battle, she had to do it with all the fear in the world, but put it aside to make sure my ass was good. That's who I go fight for today. As you walk up that tunnel, you see the ones that you love, look them in the eye. And don't tell them you love them. They're not here to watch you win. They're here to watch you play. They're here to watch you be you. And some of us don't have our moms here. I don't have my mom here. My mom's watching somewhere across the country. She's going to feel my joy. Some of us don't have our moms alive anymore. Our grandma, whatever. That's my wife. But she's going to honor the way that her mother taught her to fight. This ain't emotional. This is joy, man. We're here because of the ones that love us. So if, if you don't have family here today, walk by my wife. Walk by, by, by my daughters. You got family. If you don't have someone here today, Mrs. Piper, Mrs. Piper's here. I got you. Her son's not here, but she's here. For us. Us. Wow. We got Illinois at Minnesota, 3.30 p.m. game on the Big Ten Network. Bert and the Bellies are back in action after a bye week and choking on donuts. Donuts. That's why getting whiskeyed up by Wisconsin. P.J. Fleck and his Golden Gophers are leading the way in the Big Ten West and needs to get a win here to keep that in play with Whiskey, Nebraska, and Ohio State. To close the season, they need this win. Competition's about to get stiff. Illinois brings in the fourth-ranked passing offense in the big, but turnovers and defense have killed whatever passing mojo they got going. Beef, this should be a fun battle in the West. Break this one down for me. Yeah, all that offense the West put up last week, it was a fluke. I don't think it's happening again. Burt would rather eat than develop a team. Illinois loses this in turnovers. Burt has done nothing since leaving Wisconsin. Why he ever left was the worst movie made in his career decisions. I thought he actually would be good for Illinois. Turns out it was just the defensive coordinator that went to Purdue. I got them losing. Minnesota taking this game. Kaliak Manis turned the corner 22-17 Golden Gophers. Oh man, we really had a close score. I got PJ flexing on Burt and his belly's winning at 23-17. We got the last game on the Big Ten slate. We got Iowa at Northwestern. 3.30 p.m. game on the cock. And speaking of the cock, I think all these Big Ten West teams all got the clap. Iowa on a much-needed Brian firing or scheduled firing, however you want to look at it, during the bye week, whatever the hell it is. Last time... They were on the field. They got screwed by the refs. They shouldn't have felt a thing, though. They've been getting screwed from Brian, Kent, Coach, and O. Ferentz for years. That has to be the best news of the year for Iowa, that Brian is being let go. This is like a hurricane relief fund, because that motherfucker has been a disaster. Beeb, did you call FEMA? Northwestern has had their ups and downs this season, but keeps stacking wins. I don't predict this to be a win. But who knows, man? They shocked me with Maryland. They shocked me with Minnesota. Can Northwestern pull another Chicago land upset and take down the Hawkeyes? Yeah, man, that offense for the Hawkeyes needed disaster relief all year. They're finally going to get it. Not until next year. But dude, look at the schedule of Northwestern. They have only won in even numbered games and have lost every odd numbered game. They keep the streak alive. Iowa wins because this is an odd number game. Just coming in under the over under of 30.5, 20 to 10, Iowa. 
I'm going Iowa keeps its eyes on the West Prize, winning 24 to 13. Leave, you know what time it is? Trim them again. I know I just trimmed them the other day, but you know, there's got to be a few little hairs I missed here and there, so it's time. The trimmer is out. Let's trim this landscape, Beave. We have number 19, UCLA at Arizona, 10.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. UCLA and that chippy D faces off against one of the best five and three teams in college football. These Wildcats can get wild, and they are at home. This sets up a nice Pac-12 after dark showdown. The Wildcats rank fifth in offense and defense in the Pac-12. No side is dominant, but they are a well-balanced machine. That chipped-up D of the Bruins are a bear for sure, and they can sex it up. The number one in the Pac-12 in points per game allowed, sacks, and yards per game allowed. Beef. Chip Kelly called on a new signal caller, Ethan Garbers. What's your thoughts on that move? Yeah, the only thing I really know about him is he came in and threw an interception. So I got some concerns. We'll see how that goes. But that defense for Chip Kelly has been doing their thing. The story of this game, though, is the way Arizona has been playing lately. I'm sticking with the home team in the pack done. That's the rule we've had. The only thing I know is that Arizona D has been keeping them in the game against quality competition in overtime, barely losing to USC. They kept it close with Washington. Man, this is a good team. Surprisingly good team. I got them knocking off the Bruins 27-21. Beav, you don't lie. We always take the home team in the Pac-12. Every time we have it, we usually get bit in the ass. I'm taking the Bruins getting a beating at the hands of the Wildcats, and they win it 24-21. We got number 16, Oregon State, at Colorado, 10 p.m. game on ESPN. These Beavers were on a roll and ran into those Wildcats we just talked about. Both the Beavers and the Buffs are trying to find the footing they lost. Difference is, the Prime Buffs have been slipping for weeks. Not only did Colorado get brewing last week, they got fucking robbed in the process. Like seriously, their locker rooms got looted like a Walmart during a riot. Dion brings in his boys, pinpointing Shador, who is leading the third-ranked passing team of the Pac-12. But lately, he spent more time on the grass than a lawnmower. The Beavers can lay the wood and are third in the Pac-12 in sacks. Shador better buckle up. Yeah, it's going to be a long night for Shador. The Oregon State Beavers are going to get something like 99 sacks this game. They're going to have 99 sacks. But what they won't have is no more diamond-encrusted prime necklaces. OSU, the other OSU, is 17th in points per game versus Colorado, who's 40th. Surprising, right? I thought Colorado would be up a little higher with as much as Sador's doing, as well as he's passing. I thought they'd score a little bit more. I'm going against our rule in the pack done. I got the Beavers, 48-37. Me and you both, Beav, taking an exception to the policy. Like you said, Beavers bang the buffs 34-21. We got number 21 Kansas at Iowa State, 7 p.m. game on ESPN. Kansas got one of the most epic wins last week taking down Oklahoma. Iowa State has bounced back since their early losses. Both teams can win the Big 12. This game will be a forgotten battle that could have major impacts on the Big 12. The Cyclones have the best defense in the Big 12 in yards allowed, and Kansas is tied second in the Big 12 in sacks. Jayhawks might be in hangover condition in this game. Can Lance Leipold get them up and ready for a sneaky Iowa State team? Beave, what's your thoughts on the Jayhawks and Cyclones? Hey man, if anyone can get them up, it's Coach Lance Leipold. I mean, he's done it everywhere he's been. Proven multi national title winning coach even though it's in the division three level he knows how to get these guys ready to play i don't think he'll have a letdown i think he gets it done i got kansas 28 17 kansas comes out all phil 
on us hangover style, but finds Doug in the end, winning 34-28. Notre Dame at Clemson. 12 p.m. game on ABC. Listen here, Tyler. This Clemson team may be 4-4, four and four, but Clemson has won two national titles under my command, and I got married, son. You're the problem. Not my unwillingness to portal and let coordinators coordinate. Gee Willie, gosh, little old Clemson. Notre Dame has worked up these ACC teams, not named Louisville, and are the second best two-loss team per the playoff committee. Clemson hasn't lost this many games in one season since 2011, and it's just getting into November. B, will Notre Dame's top 10 defense hand Dabo, clowny ass, another loss at home, or will the Tigers bounce back and get a huge win? I got no on Dabo. Notre Dame is going to kick Dabo back to the old school because he's an old fool. Not so cool. That Clemson D, it allows 21 points per game. Good for 37th in the nation. Not terrible. Not good. But they're 63rd in scoring offense. 28.8 points per game. Very mediocre. That doesn't beat this Notre Dame team. Like you said, a top 10 defense. They're going to shut them out. I got the Irish. 33-13. to I'm taking the Irish too. They win in a circus with clowns and tigers. Pulling the dub 30-24. We got Texas A&M at number 10 Ole Miss. 12 p.m. game on ESPN. Ole Miss has been a bit of a surprise this year for some. Other deep divers saw the talent of Jackson Dart and his Rebels. I have often called Lane Kiffin, Lame Kitten, but I'm starting to enjoy the crow. This 12th ranked offensive served me. Texas A&M has been a disappointment like always under Jumbo Shrimp. If there was a hot seat, it's here. It's right here. Maybe Jumbo can save it with a win here. Even then, it's probably still hot. Beave, this is the best SEC defense and yards allowed against Jackson Dart's third-ranked SEC offense. This is a pretty nice SEC undercard for the day. Might be an interesting game, but I got that lane train keeping Jimbo fresh on that hot seat. Aggie's going to find something. They're not going to want to spend all that money. Keep this train wreck going. Texas A&M has been recruiting. They're paying their coaches. They're doing everything you need to do to win some games, except for win the games. The best SEC defense in yards allowed, like you said, Jackson Dart, the third-ranked SEC offense. I told you, I've been on the lane train all year. I think they win this. I think they kind of win big, 36-20. I'm taking <laughs> Rebels get wild on the Aggies, 31-21. It's time for those AJ and B best quickies. You know we love some quickies. Got California at Oregon, 5.30 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. East Carolina at number 24, Tulane, 3.30 ESPNU. Virginia Tech at 13, Louisville. 3.30 p.m. ACC Network. Next up, Pittsburgh at number four, Florida State. 3.30 on ESPN. We got Army at number 25, Air Force on CBS Sports Network. Arizona State at number 18, Utah. We got UConn at number 17, Tennessee. 12 p.m. on the SEC Network. Beave, let's get mad on here. Let's get those Vegas bets started for the Big Ten backers. Get your credit cards ready. We're going to bring those bets for you. Or I should say, Matt's going to bring those bets for you. Bring them out. It's time for Matt Does Vegas, even though Vegas done Matt. How we doing, Matt? Yeah, I'm doing well, despite a tough week last week for me, but otherwise good. Tell us where you're sore. Everywhere, my friend. Uh, going 11 and 14 last week, a little bit rough. I had a three week, uh, over 500 winning streak there. So, uh, took it on the chin a little bit, but it's all right. This is gambling highs and lows. That's right. Vegas can do you and we can do Vegas. We got them back for you. Yeah. It's time to bounce back this week, Matt. Yeah. Outstanding. Actually, I need to take a page out of you all's books. 
AJ going six and one last week. Very impressive. You're up to 25, 18 and one. Beav, very good as well at five and two. You are at 25 and 19. So AJ, you have retaken that half game lead on the Beav. How's it feel to be in the driver's seat, AJ? All I got to do is take that shit, Beav. Eat that shit. I'm bringing it back this week. All right, Matt, we got a huge slate of games ahead of us. This is one of the better weeks of college football. Let's go ahead and get into these Matt's bets. We got LSU at Alabama and the SEC showdown. Starting out here, you see uh, a line spread that went from minus three and a half to start or minus three currently. Started at minus three and a half. You've seen that drop a half a point. Over under stayed relatively flat as well. Started at 60. You've seen that creep up a little at 60 and a half. So really not a whole lot of line movement. Again, talking tickets and cash. Actually, Vegas is seeing this be relatively even with the slight uptick in Alabama. You're going to start to notice a trend if you dig deep with cash and money and tickets. Fan bases like Alabama, Ohio State, other ravenous fan bases, they tend to put a little bit more money, a little bit more tickets, so it can be slightly deceptive. So when you see this slight uptick or slightly over 50% for Alabama, I equate that more to a fan base. So in reality, you're seeing the betting public had this kind of a split down the middle ticket. You're going to see that with a few other games we're talking about. So this is really a game when you're looking at it is who do you think is going to win overall? This spread at minus three, you kind of got that field goal atmosphere. I know LSU has one of the best points per game on offense in the country. In fact, it ranks second in the country. Alabama's got a pretty stout defense. I think we got to forget the Alabama team that we saw in September. Obviously, that loss to Texas looking really sluggish against USF. They look like they're clicking on all cylinders and have a very clear path to the uh, SEC championship, winning it outright, which would be a playoff spot. So minus three, I'd probably be laying the points and taking Alabama. But let's start with you, Beef. Where are you going? I'm taking that over. And you, AJ. Oh, I'm with you, Matt. Alabama lays those points, baby. Roll Tide. Oh, Roll Tide. We got another great SEC matchup. We got Missouri and Georgia. What we saw here to start was Georgia minus 16 when it first opened. You've only seen that drop a half a point to minus 15 and a half. Over under at 56. It went down to 55 and is now up to 55 and a half. So stayed right within that one point range. Again, a trend you're going to start to see, especially with really good football games, not a lot of movement in the point spread. So this is going to be one of those where you're going to have to dig deep, look to analyze it. Missouri, very surprising team, has a win this year against Kansas State. Pretty impressive. Number 12th ranked overall. Pretty solid offense. Average defense, Georgia, we all know their story, their situation as well. If you're looking again at that cash, you're seeing cash about 55, 56% in favor of Missouri. Betting public's kind of leaning that way. With that being said, I look at a game like this. I don't know what kind of Georgia team you're going to get. I think they played a very convincing game against a mediocre Florida team last week. Missouri, I know they have that solid win against Kansas State, but don't really know a whole lot about them. So games that I don't have that great feel for, I typically look at the over-under. In this case, I'd probably be leaning over, especially 56. If you can get it, I would take the over. But let's start with you, AJ. Where are you going? Man, this is a hard one to call. I'm going to take Missouri covers, but Georgia wins. And you, Beef. I will second that. You want the Tigers of Missouri? Missouri. giving them Tigers. All right, let's move on down to the Big 12. we got a couple of good games coming at you. we got Kansas State. At Texas. So with this one regarding the spread, it has really not changed at most sports books throughout the week. It started at minus four and a half. It has stayed at four and a half. So no change in the spread whatsoever. Cash and money is actually about 50-50 on this game as well. So that's actually one of the reasons why you're not seeing a lot of line movement. Over or under started at 51 and a half, dropped down to 49 and a half. So you're seeing that under kind of be a favorite here. Kansas State, a lot of people haven't watched them. It's a darn good football team. They played really well this year. 12th in the nation in points per on offense. Defense has been pretty stout as well. Texas, you can kind of look at that numbers and analyze them as being really good. They don't have Quinn Ewers. I don't really know what you're going to take from last week's game. That 5-2 and two BYU team, they were a fake 5-2. and two. That schedule was very weak. So not a lot that you can take from last week's game. Given something like that, I'd probably be leaning towards Kansas State. I think they're pretty good. That backup quarterback situation, you just don't know what you're going to get. I'm going to take that four and a half. Give me Kansas State. 
But let's go to you, Beef. Ooh, man, this is a tough one. If I was actually putting money on this, I would I wouldn't put my money on it. I'll take Texas covering the spread. And you, AJ. Beef is it wrong? Kansas State is hot right now. I kind of like both y'all's bets, but I'm going to lean Beef's way and I'm going to take Texas covering. We got another Big 12 game. We got Oklahoma at Oklahoma State in the Bedlam Classic. Matt, break this one down. So starting out here, you're seeing Oklahoma started at minus six. They've dropped down to minus five and a half. This over under, it started at 62. You've seen that drop to 60 and a half. So this is not only just a rivalry game, you got big 12 standings at stake as well. Not a lot of movement with the spreads here. You're looking at an Oklahoma team obviously coming off that tough loss last week to Kansas. They're still third in the nation in points scored on offense. Actually have a pretty solid defense at 20th in the nation in points allowed against on defense. Oklahoma State's been a pretty solid offensive team. Got a really strong running game. Been pretty mediocre on the defensive side. I look at a game like this, rivalry game, both teams needed to get to that Big 12 championship. Don't really have a strong field because a touchdown win kind of seems like a one possession game, kind of close in a game like this. I'd actually be leaning over on this. But let's start with you, Beav. Where are you going? I'm going to take Oklahoma and the points. And you, AJ. Calling an upset here. The Cowboys cover. Let's head out to the Pac-12. We got a high-flying Ric Flair type of game. We got Washington at USC. What you're seeing here is Washington opened the week at minus four and a half. You have seen that drop to minus three. But here's the real kicker. Over under started at 76 and a half. It is stayed at 76 and a half throughout. And just for reference, that's one of the highest over unders you've seen set in the modern era of betting. So that's a very, very high over. You're basically looking at 41 38 type of game. And you could be getting a game like that here. If you look back to what USC did last week against Cal, that was a 50 to 49 win. So that's 99 points. They blew past that over on that game. And with USC, they have 107 on defense and points against allowed. So they're very capable of giving up a lot of points, especially with Michael Penix and Washington. I think Washington's been taking a lot of flack the last few weeks with the Arizona State and Stanford game. I told you after that Oregon game, they kind of had that hangover trap game against Arizona State. They got a little sleepy against Stanford as well. I think this is a team that loves the big, bright lights. They're going to be going down to the Coliseum in LA. I think they're going to get that adrenaline flowing again. I think you're going to see a Washington Husky team that you saw three weeks ago against Oregon. We all know USC is going to put up a ton of points. I know they didn't against Notre Dame, but there are a lot of turnover factors. USC is going to score at will. Washington's going to score at will. I know it's dangerous, but have some fun with this and take that over. Let's start with you, AJ. Where are you going? I'm right there with you, man. There's going to be fireworks in LA. I'm taking the over. Let's do it, Matt. I like it. How about you, Beef? Over. Easy. It could be a first half over in all seriousness. Let's move to the Big Ten. You got the Nittany Lion going to Maryland against those Terps. And I, I'm going to go back to something Beef said a couple of segments ago because it's a really good point to have. When you're looking at a game and you just don't have a good feel for it, there is nothing wrong with staying away from a game. There's tons of college football action to go on. And this is one I would personally completely stay away from. I understand Penn State won last week. They played atrocious against, in my opinion, the worst team in the Big Ten. Maryland has lost three straight games. I have no idea what their identity is or what they're going to come out and do. However, this is a betting segment, so I'm going to try to do the best I can and show you what Vegas is doing, where that money's going, and see if you want to make a bet. This spread started at minus 10.5. It has dropped to minus 8.5. One of the biggest movements we've seen on the board in this week, over-under stayed right around 50, so pretty consistent there. You are seeing a lot of money flying into Maryland. I don't know if this is because of Penn State's performance last week or kind of that upside potential we thought we saw in the Terrapins when they were 5-0. and So honestly, this is a game I would stay away from. However, given those facts, giving the betting statement, I like to follow the money. I like to follow the Sharps with that. I would take the points and take the Terrapins. But let's go to you, Beav. Where are you leaning? I'm with you. Take the points, take the Terrapins. And you, AJ. Beav has told me that Maryland is going to get one of these top three teams in the Big Ten. I told him he was full of shit. So give me Penn State and the points. We got Kansas at Iowa State in another sneaky Big 12 game. Yeah, again, when you're looking at big wins, coming off big wins, especially upsets, 
there is typically that lag, that hangover, and you're going to look at that with Kansas. I'm sure they partied all weekend there. Six and two, very respectful. This is a game where Iowa State, you look at that record and they're five and three. You haven't seen a lot of buzz, a lot of media attention around them. They're not ranked, but you got to dig a little bit deeper with this Iowa State team. They are in a five-way tie for first place in the Big 12, and four of those other teams play each other this week. So you could actually get a lot of clarity if you're Iowa State. You win this game, you'd be in a three-way tie in the Big 12 standings with a chance to actually go to the Big 12 championship game. So there are very serious implications with Iowa State here. Kansas actually has two Big 12 losses. So they are actually sixth in the Big 12. So a little bit more at stake for Iowa State. I say all that because this game opened as a pickup, meaning even across the board, you have seen that line shift to Iowa State minus two and a half. You are seeing a ton of money flowing to Iowa State because if you look at those standings, you look what's ahead, you look at that Kansas hangover, this really does look like an Iowa State needs to win to maintain their hopes. Over under 54 is dropped to minus 52 and a half. So you're kind of seeing a tighter ball game. Iowa State doesn't have a great offense, but they have a great defense. I guess that's the standard in the state of Iowa. With that being said, I like to lean where the money's going. I like teams that have a lot that go on the line. I would lay the points, give me the Cyclones, but let's start with you, AJ. Kansas will come out with a hangover after their crazy win against Oklahoma, but I think they win by three. Give me Kansas and the points. And you, Beef. Give me Lance Leipold all day. He knows how to win. He's done it everywhere. Done it at Buffalo. Done it at Wisconsin Whitewater. He's the man. Don't bet against him. Got to bring up Whitewater, man. You know what time it is. It's rapid fire time. Pew, 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 pew. Rapid fire. Ohio State at Rutgers. Ohio State minus 18 and a half. That is state consistent from the start to Thursday. You've seen an over under started at minus 43. That has dropped down to minus 42. You've seen Ohio State for the last six weeks. That over under just keeps dropping and dropping and dropping. I look at a game like this, I have no confidence in Ohio State's offense whatsoever. They have a couple of elite playmakers, terrible quarterback play. I see this one 24-13, 31-13, but at 18 and a half, give me the Scarlet Knights and the points. Wisconsin at your favorite team, Indiana. Yeah, I'm going to bash Indiana. I'm going to keep bashing Indiana. 127th in the nation in points scored on offense, 109th in the nation in points allowed. I don't care what happened last week with Penn State. That was a fluky game. Penn State's hungover. Wisconsin, I actually like that backup quarterback. I thought he played pretty solid against Ohio State despite the score. Minus nine and a half Wisconsin Badgers here. I would lay the points. Give me the Badgers. We got Nebraska at Michigan State. Don't look now, but a win by the Cornhuskers makes them bowl eligible for the first time since 2016. Now, at six and six doesn't matter at most prestigious programs. But we're talking about Nebraska here. They want that six win. They want that bowl win. They've actually been playing relatively decent. That defense is 19th in the country in points against a loud, sneaky good defense. Of course, I could be the Big Ten West pathetic offense. I'm going to lean optimistically here. Cornhuskers are minus three. You have an over-under at 34 and a half. I'm staying away from the Big Ten West over-and-unders. They could go well below them, well above them. I don't like them. I would lay the points. Give me the Cornhuskers. Illinois and Minnesota. No idea what to make of Illinois this season. They look like they've played a couple good games and then laid a bunch of clunkers. Same with Minnesota. But Minnesota is, again, 5-3. and three. I look at these teams that are just kind of average, mediocre teams. Getting to that bowl game is pretty important to them. I guess you can technically say Minnesota is still in the fight for the Big Ten West. Technically, they are, but it's all a consolation prize. Whoever wins that, who cares? They have a lot more to play for than Illinois does. Minnesota is minus two. You got an over-under at 43. That minus two is pretty straightforward. Not a whole lot of scenarios where they couldn't cover that. Give me the Golden Gophers at minus two. We got Perdon at the Stallions. I mean, Michigan. And what you got to realize, this is a betting segment, right? So we're going to leave all the sign ceiling nonsense, all the other stuff off the field. You look at the game. You look at the players on the field. You look at the lines and the spreads, and that's what you're going to determine with this game. Michigan started minus 33. They're down to minus 32 and a half. You've seen that over under actually rise from 48 and a half to 50 and a half. At the end of the day, Michigan's a darn good football team. They have been steamrolling their inferior competition all year. Purdue is terrible this year. Minus 33, lay the points, give me the Wolverines. California at Oregon. Number six, Oregon. Oregon. 
in my opinion, looks like one of the most complete teams in college football at this point in time. You see the spread start at minus 23 and a half, rise at 24 and a half. That over under has actually rose two and a half points, started at 57 and is now up to 59 and a half. And again, telling you what Cal did against USC last week, I understand it's USC's terrible defense. They still put up 49 points. They're 28th in the nation in points scoring on offense. So California has been scoring pretty consistently throughout the year. We all know what Oregon can do. So in a game like this, two high-powered offense, I think Cal's going to put up a lot more points than Utah did. Give me the over. We got the Beavers at the Buffs. This one, very odd. Again, you always look for when you see quick money changing a line in the first few hours of it coming out. That's the case that you have here. Oregon State Beavers were listed as minus 12 to start. Within three hours, that jumped to minus 13 and a half. A point and a half swing in that short period of time means that the market was flooded with the Beavers again. Sharps are very good about this. They look at these lines and the second they think that Vegas has somebody wrong, they're going to put a lot of money. They're going to jump all over it. That's why you see that line rise. Nobody has any confidence in Colorado whatsoever. 116th in the nation in points against allowed. Their defense is atrocious. Oregon State has been a very solid, consistent team. Arizona's sneaky. They lost to them last week in the desert. That is a sneaky, good football team. That being said, lay the points. Give me the Beavers. Let's go with UCLA at Arizona. Another one where UCLA started minus one and a half. That has jumped up to minus three. Over under started 53 and a half. That has dropped to 51. Arizona's been playing very solid this year. Been very competitive in the majority of the games they play. UCLA, 10th in the nation in points against allowed. They are a defensive-led team under Chip Kelly. I know that sounds funny to say. We're going to have to get used to it. I look at a game like this, I don't see a ton of offense, 51 and a half. I would take the under. We got Notre Dame at Clemson. Yeah, starting spread here, minus two and a half. Notre Dame, that has risen to minus three, over under. Starting at 46, down to 44 and a half. This is a Clemson team that just does not have an identity anymore. Their coach is yelling at fans. They look completely lost. Notre Dame, we're just forgetting because of a bye week and a couple quieter games. They had a really brutal schedule. This is a really darn football team. I think minus three is deceptive. I would even go up to minus four if it keeps rising. Give me the Fighting Irish and minus three. Lay the points. Damn it, Tyler. Texas A&M at Old Miss. This one, you see Ole Miss started out at minus three and a half. That's dropped to minus three. You've seen the over-under rise a little bit at, from 53 and a half to 54 and a half. I am a little surprised by that. I know Texas A&M, they have a pretty good defense. Again, 25th in the nation in points against their defense. That's pretty solid. Ole Miss actually has an okay defense. It's not that bad. Pretty high power offense. When I look at a game like this, I look at something like 30-27. I'd really lean in over. It is time for Burns When You Pee Game of the Week. We got Iowa at Northwestern. Speaking about Burns When You Pee, I'm going to be at the clap game. Someone's got to check that chlamydia out. It's going to be lots of clapping. I hope you uh, mask up and get some penicillin, my friend. Yeah, no, I already got one in the left cheek. I'm prepared. You're going to be seeing a lot of points, man. A lot of points being scored. We got a lot of unpacked with this. First off, Beav, let's not shy away from this. You have lost five straight BWYP games. Five straight, man. I thought you were supposed to know this bad football inside and out. So we really got to get off the schneid here. I just wanted to send AJ into the game where he's going to be surrounded by the clap in and around his face. I want to start with this from a quote that I saw in The Athletic the other day. Had to kind of verify it, go through a little bit deeper. But the over-under on this game started at 29.5, which according to The Athletic, is the lowest over-under in college football in the modern era. I mean, the Jets and the Giants last week, two terrible NFL teams, was above 29.5. This is an embarrassingly low over-and-under, and it's so embarrassingly low that you actually have to stop and ask yourself, whether or not they're going to cover or not. And this is because Iowa, 115th in the nation in points scoring, which is actually better than I thought they would. I thought that uh, Ferentz would keep his job at 115th. Apparently not. Northwestern is 99th. I'm going to say that uptick was a result of last week, what they did at Maryland. Otherwise, they've really been in the triple digits there. We all know Iowa's defense. 
Northwestern has a pretty pedestrian defense as well. I will say you are getting 30 and a half now. If you look at most of the books, I think they thought 29 and a half was just so embarrassing. They had to rise it up a little bit. So most books you're seeing out there have the over under at 30 and a half. That's what I'm going to peg you at, Beeve. We have Iowa at minus five. So with that being said, where are you going to get off this five-game losing streak? All right. Listen, most of these teams I don't know much about. But these are two Big Ten teams. We've been watching them all year. Northwestern only wins even games. They lose every odd game. This is an odd game. They lose. Iowa scores six points, covers the spread, two field goals, and that's all she wrote. So are we going Iowa or are we going with the under? Oh, I'm taking Iowa. Lay the point. All right. Taking the Hawkeyes of Iowa at minus five to get off the schneid. Mm, he's had the clap for weeks, boys and girls. I can't believe I shared a coffee with him in Wisconsin. This is scary, scary news. I'm going to have to get off here and go to the emergency room and get myself checked. Beeve's got that burning sensation when he pees. I got this burning <laughs> sensation when I pee. Matt, we always appreciate you coming on the show and bringing these Matt Vegas bets for us. I think that does it for this show. Beef, get us on out of here. Big Ten backers, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, follow us on the X. Hit up Big Ten backers on TikTok and YouTube if that's your forte. Big Ten backers are out. God bless. Big 10 Backers Podcast. Follow our sponsors, NILFanBoat.com. Oh, no Midwest goodbye today. 